This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, we've come to the wonderful feast of the Ascension of the Lord, which celebrates the journey of the risen Christ into heaven. We affirm the fact of the Ascension every time we recite the Nicene Creed. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, can we even begin to make sense of any of this in the early 21st century? Doesn't all this sound rather pre-scientific, rather mythological? Jesus going up to heaven, going up into the sky in an embodied state, wouldn't he still be somewhere within the measurable cosmos? And then, what does any of this have to do with us? You say, well, this extraordinary thing happened to Jesus, but uh, why would we be bothering with such a peculiar event? Well, the key to understanding this feast and this doctrine is to recover a Jewish sense of heaven and earth. You see, willy-nilly, most of us are Greek in our thought patterns, by which I mean we set up, as Plato taught us long ago, a rather sharp dichotomy between the material and the spiritual between the realm of appearance and the realm of true reality, between this fleeting earth and the permanence of heaven. You know, we all read in um, high school or college the uh, parable of the cave from Plato's Republic. There we are chained in the cave, looking at shadows flickering on the wall. Well, that's life in this world, passing, impermanent, insubstantial. One person manages to free himself, and he goes out, and he goes up out of the cave into the light and sees reality. Well, that's the philosopher who's escaped from this world into the permanent realm of philosophical forms, into the heavenly realm, if you want. You could say that for Plato, the whole point is a kind of jailbreak. The body, which has tied us to this world, is like a prison. The point of philosophy, ultimately of death, is a jailbreak. You know, and most of us think, rather instinctually, the goal of a spiritual life is to escape from this world, from this veil of tears, and to live forever in a disembodied state called heaven. See, friends, here's the thing. The problem is this has far more to do with Plato than it does with the Bible. And we get tripped up by Plato as we try to understand what the Bible's teaching. Because biblical anthropology, I just by, by that I mean how it understands the human person, biblical anthropology and cosmology are not dualistic. They don't set up a sharp dichotomy between body and spirit or earth and heaven. Salvation for Jews is decidedly not a question of the soul escaping from the body. 
the resurrection of Jesus, for example, is anything but a platonic jailbreak. It's not like his soul escaped from his body. Rather, it's the transfiguration and elevation of the whole of Jesus' being. That's why the Gospels are so insistent upon the bodiliness of the risen Christ. Heaven for Jews is not a state of affairs radically other than the earth in some radically different ontological sphere. Rather, heaven is the realm of God and angels, which, listen now, touches upon, interacts with, and calls out to earth. What's earth? Well, that's the realm of of human beings and animals and the planets and stars, the world of our ordinary experience. But the point is that heaven and earth for Jews touch, interpenetrate, influence one another. Think of Jesus' great prayer that we pray every day. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that's a Jewish prayer. That's a Jewish way of thinking. Not, oh Lord, deliver me from this terrible world. No, may the ways of heaven so invade the ways of earth that God's will is done here as in heaven. Not escape from the earth, but a prayer that earth and heaven might come together, that God might reign here as thoroughly as he does in heaven. The prayer of Jesus here is like the great prophecy of Isaiah, that the earth one day will be filled with the glory of God as the water fills the ocean. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead, which was again a deeply embodied affair, is the beginning of this process. And that's the best way to read what the resurrection meant for the first Christians. Paul says Christ is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The great revolution by which God becomes the ruler of the earth has commenced. The revolution by which heaven and earth come together has commenced in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Now this is why it's our first reading now for this Feast of the Ascension. From the very beginning of the Acts of the Apostles. We hear that during the 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension, Jesus spoke to his disciples about the kingdom of God. There it is. The central theme of Jesus' preaching is the central focus of the church after the resurrection and before the ascension. Why? Because what began in Jesus' ministry, the coming together of heaven and earth, has reached a powerful climax in his resurrection. What was Jesus all about? His preaching, his teaching, his healing, his outreach, his prayer. What was it all about? It was about the reconciliation of heaven and earth. Who was he? We say in his person he's the coming together of heaven and earth, a divine nature and a human nature. He was all about this kingdom of God. Now, here's the point of the Acts of the Apostles. Now this revolution 
is meant to flood the whole world. And what's the vehicle? The church that Jesus established. The risen Lord tells the twelve to wait in Jerusalem for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Listen, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Do you see why? With the Spirit of Jesus in them, they will start to bring heaven to earth and earth to heaven. They will become agents of this reconciliation. Listen now, as Jesus puts it very explicitly. Here's the risen Christ speaking to his church. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is precisely the story that the Acts of the Apostles tells. Remember we heard just last week, after the persecution around the stoning of St. Stephen, the apostles go out. Where's Philip go? He goes throughout Judea into Samaria. Then where does Paul go? Where does Peter go? Where does Thomas go? They go to the ends of the earth, precisely where Jesus said they would go under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. With that, we come to the whole point of this section of Acts, the whole point of our first reading. Listen now. When he had said this, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him from their sight. Now, against the background of what I've been describing, what is happening here? What's happening here is that something of earth, the realm of nature and the body, has been taken up into the dimension of heaven. The ascension of Jesus means that earth and heaven coming together has commenced. And this prompts and anticipates what? Heaven coming to earth. What will happen next week in the Feast of Pentecost? But the descent of the Holy Spirit. Do you see how the ascent of Jesus' body into heaven, the descent of the Holy Spirit onto the apostles, are related? They both speak of this reconciliation. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is exactly what happens in good preaching. In good preaching, earth and heaven are reconciled. In great Christian art, think of, you know, whether it's the Sistine Chapel ceiling or the Last Judgment or Chartres Cathedral or the Pieta or any great work of art. Heaven and earth come together. Think of our liturgies, especially as we sing at the liturgy. May our voices be one with theirs. Whom are we talking about but the angels? The angelic realm, the heavenly realm, is now harmonizing with our realm and vice versa. Think of the architecture of our cathedrals and our churches. Think of when you're praying inside of a great Gothic cathedral. And as you pray and sing, your voice goes up. And it 
goes up to the heavenly realm, but then it echoes back down to you. Or think of the arrangement of a um, Eastern Orthodox church where we have the sanctuary representing heaven. We have the body of a church representing earth, and then in between the two, the iconostasis, this wall of icons, which represents the linking of heaven and earth. How wonderful in Eastern liturgies when the priest will come out from the sanctuary carrying the sacrament. Heaven and earth are meeting. Think of the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Whenever the church, in the name of Jesus, reaches out on behalf of the poor and the suffering and the hungry, it's bringing heaven to earth, earth to heaven. Thy kingdom come here as in heaven. Look how this reading ends, this section of Acts. Two men dressed in white garments stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking at the sky? <laughs> it's wonderful, isn't it? Who are the two men in white? They're two denizens of heaven, two angels. They've come down, they've met the earth, and they've given this commission. Go and get to work. Don't stand looking up into heaven, but rather start participating in the process by which heaven and earth come together. Do you see now why the Feast of the Ascension means so much to us now? This is our commission now to get to work. Reconcile heaven and earth whenever you can. In everything you say, everything you do, every thought in your mind, may it be a reconciliation of heaven and earth. That's what the ascension is about. And that too, next week, is what Pentecost is about. It's what the church is about. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers every day, everywhere.